my super soft and comfortable On Blast podcast hoodie, feeling nice and cozy on this Wednesday evening. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And I'm going to start this by complimenting you, not for the nice hoodie, which, you know, we might be coming up with more of those soon, but because of this viewer comment from YouTube, um, the person's name is, it's like just a bunch of letters, but... The comment says, oh, my stars, longtime listener, but first time viewer. Didn't know y'all were on the old YT. Also didn't know what a stone cold zaddy J-C-H is. Woof. Keep up the good work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I have to check YouTube more often. (laughs) I thought you might like that one. (laughs) So good. So good. You know what my all-time favorite comment on one of our videos is? Okay. Years ago, because we only used to do videos for when we interviewed people. So it was only like our first or second video when we were interviewing a castmate. Mm -hmm. Someone said, whoa, one of you guys looks so much like Justin Verlander. (laughs) They said that on Reddit. And I replied, which one, me or Sheldon? (laughs) <laughs> i bet you're so pr- i could see you being so proud of yourself like as you hit send on that like <laughs> like laughing to yourself hysterically like i am right Def- now <laughs> exactly still laughing at the same joke however many years later can definitely see you doing it but hey Sheldon, that's that's what we do here that's what we do if, here. if you can't make yourself laugh then what are you doing True. Then what's the point? Uh, But the one thing I will say is clearly huge shouts to the people that are listening or watching because we're just trying to give you a bunch of different options, different ways to consume this, the goodness that is a You Killed It podcast. Well, whoever whoever had those kind things to say about me, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I feel a little old being called a zaddy, but I'll take it. (laughs) how am i supposed to respond to that we should do a poll question or something people send us in your comments or now we'll just send more people to go looking for the video so they can comment on your your level of zaddiness (laughs) oh my word so good it's so good so so we're in the house after the big josh and fessy blow up and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say i was so excited to see like what the house was like immediately afterward. And then it was relatively chill. So one thing off the top, as you mentioned that I started watching the after show, like after watching tonight's episode and they talked to Amber who, yeah, if you watch the after show, you know what just made me pause. But anyways, um, they asked Amber about what happened. And Amber said that the reason why she was so thrown off and I think this adds more credence to Josh being mad. She says a week before that happened, they had a sit down, her, Josh and Fessy, and they basically laid everything all out. And she's like, yeah, everything's fine. Like she came away from that conversation thinking everything was fine. So when Fessy flipped, it was just like, wait, what happened? And if you think about it, what could have happened in between that? Nothing. So it's just... Fessy being Fessy, but you're right. There wasn't any big drama or post, you know, post breakdown following that at all, which I found weird. 
I found it, yeah, it's a, it was pretty chill. Like there was discussion about it, but not between the major parties. Like we did not see Josh and Fessy at any point have a conversation about it. No. And we, we did see a few conversations Yeah, and it was pretty chill. Anissa <laughs> made a fair point in confessional where she goes, yeah, Amber, this sucks. But like, that's just how it goes sometimes. Like, you know, that's life in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was funny. The The best part about that was just as Josh is outside talking to Amber, Fessy's inside talking to some of the girls and, and he's like, yeah, I feel like I, I want to talk to him, but I'm not going to apologize because I don't feel like I owe him an apology. But where is he anyways? And the way that Tori leaned over and she's just like, he's outside in the rain, hugging Amber as if this is a, the notebook or something. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And shouts to the editors because the way that they put that together, it was really funny. It was. And it was a great metaphor. I also have to say. That Fessy, uh, not quite Fessy, Nani made a great point on Fessy's behalf. Okay. Where she said, the problem with Josh is that he expects you to make the best game moves for him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a fair criticism of Josh. It is, but here's here's my thing with this whole scenario. And I mean, we could just talk about it now because we're on the subject. It's not that big of a deal later on. But even when he talks to Casey, right? And they have their little, okay, well, we're done. Like this, this alliance is over. Friendship, like don't talk to me in the house anymore. Like all that, right? The only thing that I really agree with Josh on that I can understand with and if i'm picking a side i'm probably on josh's side in all this is okay in its most basic form right mm -hmm. if you're in, if me and you are in an alliance and you're like hey i really like my partner my partner is really good and i'm i don't like your partner for whatever reason or i think your partner is coming to get me one do we really think Amber is going to be the ringleader to try to get Fessy out? No. No. And two, Amber is a really good competitor. And someone who is your friend is partners with her. Which would also mean that she would have to be just as, if not more backstabbing than Fessy himself is, right? To have her then turn and, and then backstab him, right? Because she'd have to be doing the same thing Fessy just did to Josh Amber would have to do that to Josh. And would we even see that happening? I don't think so. Don't so that's the so. part I don't get. That's the part that I find weird. But again, who knows? The, the one part is Josh is super emotional and does play with his emotions. And to sort of counter counterpoint the point I just made about what Nani was saying, in Josh's defense, it was a very early big game move. Mm -hmm. That was unnecessary. Like you can wait two or three weeks. Yeah. Right. For sure. And I think if CT didn't, if CT's not the one that has the power, who's like kind of calm and, and rational at this point of the game and this point of him being on it, this week could have went way differently depending on who won. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Their whole alliance could have blown up right away. But anyways, I mean, alliances were, were blowing up in terms of the Big Brother Alliance, but the showmances, Whew. 
Yeah. So we've got Logan and Big T mm -hmm. uh, play fighting, practicing wrestling on the grass. Those straight <laughs> middle school vibes. Just classic moves. Mm -hmm. The the whole first of all, the whole thing that Big T is wearing like a large shawl. Like she she's not there to actually learn how to grapple. She's not there to pick up some tips the next time like shit gets real in an alleyway. Yeah. She she's there for some some fun, some good times with her friend Logan, who also like there was one point where he so clearly wanted to kiss her, but the camera was right there. Like the sexual tension is thick and good on him. Both of them. They're an attractive couple of people. Mm -hmm. Anissa points out that this has to be the most like romantic challenge house ever. And where where's the love for Anissa? Where's her person? Which is true. I I think Anissa looks great this season, and I'm sorry she's not finding that special someone, that cuddle buddy. I do find it weird, though. We're not really seeing so much of the showmances, or maybe it's because it's more showmancy than it is, like, just hooking up. Yeah. Do you perhaps. know what I mean? Like, it, there's more um, serenading, let's say, as opposed yeah. to drunken hookups that we might see normally um, in older years of the challenge, right? Like, and maybe that's it. I don't know. But uh, more it, courtship. Ooh, I like that. I like that. But like Nani and Casey, Amber and Jeremiah, like there's a lot going on. But hey, one person who I think is just having other troubles within the house just because of their ability to forget about showmance is just like maintain a relationship with his partner is Huey. And he, oh, Huey. he says <laughs> he says that he needs to switch up his tactics. Right. Because he didn't listen to Ashley when she was his partner. And then now he's with Nani and he's going to listen to Nani. That's what he says. And I immediately wrote down, we don't believe you, you need more people. <laughs> no. And yeah, he would go on to prove that later on. But obviously and we'll circle back to that. We definitely will. Because there's a lot going on with him. And the next dude we're about to talk about, your man's Gabo. Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. Sorry, I've waited all season to do that. And this is my last chance. <laughs> um, Gabo and Emmy are trying to get to know each other as, as partners. Mm -hmm. Competitive partners, I should say. Not romantic or sexual partners. And Gabo says that he's not feeling Emmy's energy. And I gotta say, hard same bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> Emmy's looking like the most negative backup dancer from a love Inc or brand van 3000 video, just so out of sorts and not at all happy to be in an all rookie team mm -hmm. really sort of shitting on Gabo who granted is stupid, but seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Like seems like he's at least pleasant company and like trying his best with what the good Lord gave him. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're, Emmy's energy is just terrible, right? Oh, like it doesn't so seem like she would be happy with whoever her partner is. She's always going to be rattled about whatever situation's going on, but teaming her up with Gabo, who is a, he's a very much a happy to be here kind of guy. Right. Yeah. And if you're 
like overthinking the game all the time, super serious about the game all the time. And then your partner is just kind of like, oh yeah, cool. Hey, yeah. What are we doing next? I could see how that would be annoying for you. We'd seen earlier in this episode, he and Nani had a little chat because Nani basically was like, hey, sorry, I got picked to be Huey's partner, which Mm -hmm. I thought was nice of her and not necessary. But he said, Gabo said that he's, um, he has like two modes, good vibes and gladiator. And like, I see it like, again, not the smartest guy, but he seems like he just wants to hang out, work out, enjoy himself, be friendly. And I'm not mad at that. Meanwhile, Emmy is just like lying on the bench, sort of self-destructing. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I will say I was neutral on Gabo before this episode. I liked him more by the end of this episode. Not that he like blew me away in any way, shape, or form. He just seemed to take everything in stride and like compared to the behavior of a lot of other rookies and a lot of other people, he seemed like the reasonable one. Totally true. Totally true. Um, What did you think of this challenge? The chat, the actual like daily challenge. I mean, it was very interesting because it was a, a, basically an assortment of an obstacle course. You had to crawl under some spots. You had to climb over a wall. You had to pull a tire with a, a huge, or pull a tire with the rope. Puzzle pieces are involved. And basically, you and your partner, you start in the middle. You keep having to go through different stages of this obstacle course, retrieve pieces to a puzzle, bring them back to the middle. But at the end, you have a math equation that you have to solve give the answer to your partner that your partner is then able to unlock the code to get the last puzzle piece. Then you come back in the middle, solve the puzzle, see who's going to win. And I thought this looked really hard. I thought, what did you think on first glance? First glance. I immediately at like first glance, I was like, Oh, this is about speed and Emmanuel and Nelson and Berna distinguish themselves. But the veterans are the veterans for a reason. And CT and Anissa are like, no, no, no. This is all about doing math and getting the puzzle right. Because mm-hmm. nothing else matters. Like, that's that's where people are going to catch up. That's where people are going to break away. And they were right. And I was one thing that, like, struck me was as people are gathering their puzzle pieces they were really cavalier with them like they were throwing them well ahead and i thought because they even highlighted someone i think it was ashley saying like just throw your puzzle piece ahead i was like someone's gonna mix up the wrong puzzle piece like someone's gonna take someone else's puzzle piece yeah that didn't happen that we know that we know of fair but it was interesting to see how important uh it was to just be good at math. Yeah. And it was funny. There's so many comments about how bad people were at math, but on that after show, it was funny because um, Amber was saying for her, cause they're saying everyone was pretty bad at math. Right. And uh, Corey was trying to say that he was pretty good at it, but uh, they were all just kind of mocking him. But Amber said, if it wasn't for Amanda, who was beside her, Amanda really helped her. Right. Like there's no chance she was going to be able to to get through that. So when you really look at it and from what we were able to gather, Priscilla was good at math. Yep. CT, who like 
I mean, he broke it down to its most basic form that this is just like some grade eight equation that anybody should be able to do. But um, so CT, Priscilla, Devin. Do we know who else was good at the math that we were able to tell anyways? Because there's a whole lot of people we were able to tell that weren't good at it. Yeah, those were the ones that really excelled. And we should say, Emmanuel and Berna did really well at the physical aspects. Like, they were well ahead. And Emmanuel seemed to be not terrible at the math. I have to point something out, though. That Emmanuel was... He was actually dusting everyone. I find, like, that... I was surprised by that. Yeah. Like... He would Nelson and Fassi are both super fast people. They had nothing on Emmanuel. But I have to point something out. When we were first introduced to your man, Ed, he mm-hmm. told us that he's smarter than he looks, that he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Ed crushing this. I didn't see Ed just I didn't see Ed just dominating grade eight math, which I'm pretty sure engineers can do. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things where there's still so many people involved that you're just going to miss a whole bunch of people. Like until Amanda even popped up at the very end, it was like, oh, yeah, Amanda, need more Amanda in this episode. Like what was going on? But there's still so many people around that I'm sure Ed did all right. But you're right. I don't even remember a scene with Ed during that whole uh, daily challenge. Um, What I do remember, though, is Berna talking about how uh, she didn't take math in school because she's in the circus. And CT was just kind of dumbfounded by that. But when you really break that down, it's like, that's really interesting. We're we're in Canada, right? So the under I always say this is a underwritten story that we we never really talk about in our Canadian sports culture because we're too busy always talking about the NCAA doesn't pay athletes, NCAA doesn't do this. And I'm I'm always like, nobody asked what college Sidney Crosby went to. Nobody ever asked that question, right? You've never heard that question ever asked before. But my point is, even like with the junior hockey stuff, we kind of like let that slide when we're just like, oh yeah, you know, how did they do in high school? I don't know. They're at, what do they call them? Like billet houses or whatever? Yeah, those billets. billets, right? And it's like, for whatever reason, that's where my brain went when CT was like, oh, yeah, she didn't really take math. She was in the circus. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. <laughs> I, th- right. I thought you were going to go on a deep Cirque du Soleil tangent, and I thought we were going to learn about your unbridled passion for Quebec's finest cultural export, this side of Celine Dion, but I guess not. Judging by the look on your face right now. <laughs> I would big up Chris Boucher more. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and I actually, again, like I referenced it already, but I think CT makes a good point. So he's like, I don't care if you're the fastest. I don't care if you're the strongest. Be good at puzzles and math. And he's right. Mm-hmm. I also, I, I'm going to say this right now. You know, you and I are not big on predictions. I think CT might go back to back. It's too early. It's too early. And I think the dudes know that they got to get CT out. And as long as it's almost better that Nelson is being distracted right now mm-hmm. because he's just keeping quiet, but mm-hmm. there's going to be a point where Fessy, Corey, 
Josh, Devin, they all realize like we got to get rid of CT. None of us are beating him. So I have two responses to that. First of all, part of my thinking is that I think the other guys are going to turn on each other first. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, let's say Berna gets eliminated for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Is Nelson going to hold it together? (laughs) Nah. Right. And we've seen in the previews that he, I believe, is going to continue to play Ashley and Berna off of each other. We've also seen that Josh and Fessy have a big blow up coming where they scream at each other in the kitchen. Yeah. So those are three competitors that are going to have targets on their backs. And furthermore, who's going to take CT out? So like you're saying that they're going to vote him in. CT is in the best shape he's been in, in like eight years. Yeah. Like since rivals two. Maybe. And he seems super focused. He seems super calm and collected. I'm not even sure that he's drinking. Like, he seems just zeroed in. He has allies that will get him so far in Devin and Kyle, who are playing the game quite well, politically. Mm -hmm. He's, like, you're right that eventually people are going to be like, we got to get rid of this guy because we do not want to see him in a final. But I just, I don't see how you get rid of CT. No, you make valid points. It's going to be super interesting to see how this all plays out. Cause it's, it's basically can the Nelsons, Fessy, Corey's keep their games in check long enough to uh, get rid of CT before turning on each other. He also of any competitor on this, season he's one of the few where i can say with confidence he can win a daily challenge pretty much on command mm-hmm. yeah right like i mean he he can just like be like yeah okay this is a must win i'm gonna win and he'll probably do it or he'll be damn close yeah no he's definitely locked in he'll definitely be in the mix all the time as long as his partner gives him a decent performance and Let's be honest, Berna's been pretty good. So, you know, they were obviously going to give this one a good go. And he's a very good partner to work with in terms of, you know, in this one, when it became puzzle time. All right, step aside. I got this covered. And as cocky as it sounds, it's extremely accurate. Yeah, he's not wrong. (laughs) We can't say that our guy CT was wrong. We're skipping over an important thing that happened, though. Very important. Very important. Anissa, who we are a big fan of, she takes a spill Mm -hmm. and gets hurt. She immediately recognizes that she has dislocated her shoulder. I thought she was pretty badass saying, like, just give me a painkiller and pop it back in. (laughs) But then I think that was the shock talking because by the time the paramedics had her loaded into an ambulance, she's not doing so well. She yeah. was in obvious severe pain. Yeah, it, it was a tough blow. And but I will say when she first fell, I thought like she might have broke her leg or something. That's how awkward it looked when she yeah. fell. Um, but 
dislocated shoulder. That's not good at all. And immediately, you know, at that moment, chances are she's done, right? Like, you know, yeah. she's not coming back at that point because that's a super serious injury. And, you know, it sucks, but it's just another tough go for Anissa, as we've seen time and time again. Have you ever dislocated your shoulder or any? No, my joint? elbow. Uh, oh, football. Oh. Yeah, oh. football. I dislocated my elbow. It was uh, uh, it was a fumble, and I jumped on the ball, and then just a helmet just went through my arm, also trying to jump on the ball. You know, I kind of remember that happening to you. I certainly, I think I remember you being injured. Yeah, it was in grade nine. Yeah, it was in grade nine. Yeah. Um, but the then you would know. Maybe our listeners don't know. But if you have dislocated a joint multiple times. What happens is your muscles expand to try to protect the joint. Yep. And the fact that Anissa instantly recognized what had happened to her tells me that she's dislocated a shoulder before. And so you can't get it back in until the muscles relax. And that takes like 24 hours. And then like everything's sort of fucked up, right? So Yeah. When I dislocated my elbow, it was kind of the, it was honestly the worst pain was them putting it back into place. Because oh, the yeah. drugs didn't kick in yet. And so um, one doctor actually came and he's holding me, like he's standing facing my feet and he's holding my shoulders. And then the other doctor is facing him the other way and he's holding my arm, my wrist, my wrist, forearm. And then he's like, okay, we're going to try to pull it back in place. And so they both pull in opposite directions because they're trying to pull and then roll it back up. And so they do that once and I'm just screaming. Like it is honestly the worst pain I've ever had in my life. I wouldn't, I've said this on this pod before. I don't have enemies, right? But the saying of, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Yeah, it was the worst pain. So they do it and it doesn't work. So (laughs) he's like, that's so much worse. Oh yeah. And so he's like, all right, let me try this again. He's like, if, but if it doesn't work, you're going to have to get surgery. I'm like, can I just have the surgery? Give me the surgery. <laughs> I'm like, I get drugs if I have the surgery. Right. I'm like out cold. And he's like, yeah, but no, we, we got to try this again first. We got to try it again. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, don't worry. We'll try it again. He's like, all right, we're going to do it again. And then they both did it again. And it finally went in. And I was just screaming. Like, it was the worst pain. Again, the worst pain by far I've ever felt in my life. Again, two grown men pulling your your dislocated elbow in opposite directions, trying to, like, pop it back into place. It was horrible. One other important thing that's coming out of the Daily Challenge is that when they do badly, when they perform poorly, Emmy immediately starts criticizing Gabo Telling him basically that he didn't live up to his end of the bargain. I thought this was a really bad look for well, Emmy. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And, but it does lead to my line of the episode. Okay. Where Devin says, although they both look like they have murdered several people in their lives, I don't think that will help them in competition. <laughs> that had me laughing. The thing that I find really funny is that if you're Emmy, right? Mm-hmm. Can you really get mad at Gabo for just being Gabo? Like, you know that going in. What is your expectation? Like, as soon as you hear 
that this is going to involve some form of math, you know you're going to lose. You're going to try. You know he's going to try. But well, you can't get mad at him. You, you can't, can't really get mad at him. And also, half the house is bad at math. Like, let's not single him out. Like, Berna said straight up, I did not take math in school. Right? And, like, yeah. look at the vets. Kyle jokes about how dumb he is all the time. Corey and Nelson are not wizards. Casey can't do math. Like, you have a 50-50 shot of having someone who's bad at math. Although that might not be a value that statistic to the group because most of them probably don't understand what 50-50 means. Like it's, <laughs> you just have to accept that's what happens when you're on the challenge. You're going to yeah. be paired with someone who's bad at math. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's completely unfair to get that mad at them and then to like be mad at them, but then make a scene. That part's unnecessary. Yeah. Even if you are mad, that's not the way that you have to go about it. And that's the part that was really disheartening and just like, really, what, what are you doing? But par for the course with her. And also, I can understand getting mad at someone who makes a bad decision or who lacks effort. Mm-hmm. He didn't make a bad decision. He didn't lack effort. Like, he was, he was trying his best. Agreed. You can't ask for anything more. Agreed. Agreed. So back in the house, Logan is worried about his partner, as he should be, and he wants to go right into the elimination because he wants to be able to pick his partner if he wins instead of just be left with the partner. And he thinks he has a good chance of beating Gabo because most often than not, if he has to go against Gabo, he has a pretty good chance in most things against him. Now, Mm -hmm. is this thought train of thought is this a good idea or a bad idea leaving out the you know knowing what happened but at this moment what did you think of that game plan and josh actually trying to counsel him and be like no dude don't do this i actually think it's sort of a good game plan okay and i'll tell you why at this point the rookies no longer have the numbers the veterans are running things being on an all rookie team means you're going in for sure. Logan knows that it's likely he's going in already might as well try to make the best of the situation. So you can control the variables, ask for Gabo and hope for the best because mm-hmm. who are your other choices to go against a Manuel who is, you know, powered by the night. And also has proven himself time and again as super good and competitive. But with Gabo, maybe you'll get something that has to do with a puzzle. Yeah. Or math. No, for sure. And then you can exploit that. Uh, Which other, or or Huey. Huey's the other target. Yeah, the, the point you make is great. The only thing that I hesitate on is with the skulls being removed, it's like, do you really want to just throw yourself in? Because you could get, you could, you know, just bypass your way for a while and not ever have to go into the elimination. Like you're almost at the point where the vets are going to start picking off each other. So if you just lay in the cut for a couple more weeks, do you have to put yourself in? And that's a part that I find interesting. But I do like what you're saying. I do understand your your viewpoint on taking control of the situation and 
doing the math of, hey, I'm going to go in now against Gabo instead of having to go in against who knows who. Mm-hmm. So that part, that part might makes it very interesting. I'll be honest on that sense. I'll tell you what I thought was interesting. Ed's dance moves. And I'm going to tell our listeners up here in Canada, once again, it was just the generic random music. Yeah. I feel like this scene would have been accentuated by an actual song. What's oh, your prediction? Sure. What song do you think they played? Um, I feel like they're on a 2000s vibe, so it needs to be some like Nelly Hot in Here or something like that. I don't know. I agree with you. That's got to be 2000s vibes. It's definitely Pretty Fly for a White Guy by The Offspring. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> right? If you're right, though, I'm going to accuse you of cheating. Just so you know. <laughs> Having some sources... I'm just letting you know. <laughs> That's fair. You know, fair enough. But there's other interesting things going on in the club. Specifically, Devin and Logan have a conversation where, again, Logan's floating this idea, as he did to Josh, about how he wants to go in. Mm-hmm. As much as I just finished praising Logan for this strategy, he shouldn't be putting it on Front Street as he is. <laughs> Right? Like, say you're playing to one person, and then that's it. I was also interested that although Devin and Josh are allies, they gave Logan polar opposite advice. They did. They did. And Devin, you know, not only did Devin do that, but then he ran right away to go tell Kyle and CT, like, hey, you'll never guess, Logan really wants to go in. And I thought that was hilarious. Because it was just so, I mean, obviously it's edited, but it just seemed so funny because it was like right after, hey, guys, guess what? And the vets have manipulated the game. They have rookies volunteering to go in, as I just said, and there's no skulls involved. You don't have to go in. Kyle even says in that conversation, he's like, do they know that there's no longer any skulls? Like, you don't have to do this. Is that a possibility that they just watched like last season or maybe the season before? And and they're just like... They're like, oh, yeah, no, you have to go in, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's possible. Okay. Because I think these Europeans, yeah, they're no, they're not all European. I should not say that. But these people from around the world, these rookies, mm-hmm. it would make sense that you're like, oh, I'm going on the show. I'm going to watch tape. I can't, wa- there's 37 seasons of this. I can't watch it all. I'll watch the two most recent seasons. Yeah, like that's pretty logical. So I get, and if you think of it, if you look at, if you watch the past two seasons, you would see basically every cast member that's on this current season of the vets, right? Like you'd have a sense of pretty much everyone. Yeah. So I get it. No, I've, um, I've, I think you're right. CT is also thrilled because this keeps his hands clean. No one's going to get mad at him. No one's going to say like, oh, CT put me in. If there's people, if there's these rookie guys trying to go in, just so dumb. We already (laughs) talked about Josh and Casey arguing over breakfast. Yeah. How much time do we want to spend on Big T telling Priscilla she thinks she actually has feelings for Logan? Well, I mean there's not really much to break down. I think she, we already know that her and Logan really like each other. We know that, you know, they cuddled up, they got the bed. I thought it was pretty funny that 
she says he's good with his hands. And then Logan said she's kind of like an octopus in the bed. And I was kind of like, what? Okay, sure. But other than that, like there's not much more to break down. Big T is a really nice person. Super positive vibes every single season she's been in the house. So she just kind of needed someone to match her positive vibe energy. And that's Logan. And as mentioned, the power of the, the beautiful accents, it's a thing. It's a thing. They're also, they're both attractive people. And as you said, they're just nice. Like I'm rooting for them. Like I hope <laughs> this is real and not just like a showman's, not just like a relationship of convenience. Because, I don't know, I like them both. I like it. Someone's going to, well, someone's going to correct us and say, cause they were talking about it on the after show, but again, I never watched the whole thing. So uh, yeah, someone's going to correct us about what they said about their relationship. I don't think they're, they're a thing, but whatever. Well, listen, I'm like Kyle. I'm just, I'm a fan of love. I love love and I'm rooting for those crazy kids. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle is trying to get his Maury Povich. On. <laughs> I'm curious. Who's your favorite rookie so far? Either gender. Oh. oh. Hmm. It was Michelle. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You know what's funny? Jeremiah. Okay. Don't you forget that he's even on the show? 100%. He, like, is, he has not mastered the straight to camera yet. And, uh, <laughs> and as a result, we're not seeing him at all. My guy is just the only time we saw him in this episode was he was cuddled up in bed with Amber. And you yeah. know what? Can't knock him for that. No, not I'm jealous, <laughs> if I'm honest. And, and it, speaking of good looking couples, I would say I liked Michelle. Although she did a little too much too early, although I guess she felt the heat. Like she was definitely the smartest. I really liked Corey L as well. Yeah. He's he's quite good on Twitter. I don't know if you follow him, but he's he's a well, good follow. I feel like I should add though, part of the reason why I picked Michelle was I stumbled upon uh it was very early on, one of the very early episodes, but after the episode aired, Ashley and Amanda both tweeted that they were going to be on a live with Michelle. And mm -hmm. so I watched a bunch of that. I watched that for maybe like 10 to 15 minutes or something like that, which is pretty long for me to watch a live stream, but it was actually funny. Like they were actually like, they were funny personalities, obviously, but she seemed like a cool hang, you know, the same way that we'd hang with like Ashley and Amanda, that kind of vibe, you know? So mm -hmm. it was also, it was more so that than anything that we would have seen on the actual episodes. Um, speaking of these beautiful idiot rookies, let's talk about deliberations, <laughs> AKA where the rookies always shoot themselves in the foot. This should so, have been the most straightforward thing ever. It should have CT set it up. He made it as easy as it, as it gets. He's like, Hey guys, there'll be no surprises. Two people. We, sorry. We know it's going to be are almost certainly a men's only competition. Mm -hmm. Two men have already said they want to go in. It's Gabo and it's Logan. Whoever you guys vote in, we're going to pick the other two. Like, we're going to pick the other one. So if you guys want to say something, let's hear it. Like, it should have been so simple. 
super simple. And I even understand why Logan was kind of hesitant because he's like, well, I want to go the other way because how do I trust that you're going to put in Gabo? Like, I even understand Logan having that question because you got to ask. But CT tells him pretty plain and simple. And then it just goes off. It just goes off on like weird tangents during this. Like Fessy jumps in trying to say, hey, we're making this way too complicated. Everyone's been playing a pretty clean game so far, (laughs) which is pretty funny because it's like, Fessy, you are the only one who hasn't been playing a pretty clean game so far. But it was good on Amber for checking him, which I just thought was hilarious that he would even say that. But it goes right when I think Fessy took it to one level. Huey comes in and just takes it to a whole other level. And I have no idea what Huey was talking about, what he was mad about, what was going on here at all. I was just confused. I was so confused. And I don't, I'm not going to lie. Somewhere in this deliberation, I lost the plot. Like, (laughs) so... They Gab they ask Gabo why he wants to go in. He says he wants to go in because he's in a rookie rookie partnership. He acknowledges that the rookie all rookie teams always get put in, so he wants to win and pick a veteran partner. Someone asks, Who would you pick? He says, I'd want to go back with my old partner Nani. Which, in total fairness to Gabo, was the most non controversial choice. He could have made. Yep. Right? Like, that is the choice that people should be least mad at. Huey has to say something about it because he's Nani's current partner. And then he just spins out of control. And like I said, like, I'd been neutral on Gabo before this episode. But I, of all the rookies, I thought he probably handled himself the best. Mm Mm-hmm in this scene because he was just like everything he said made sense to me. So there were a couple episodes ago where I said that I thought Huey was faking being afraid, jumping into the water. No, I don't think so. Sheldon. What do you mean? I mean, I think that this is who he is. I think he's flies off the handle all the time. I think it's just extra for the camera. Like he's just trying to like do the TV thing and I'm going to make sure that I have a starring role in every single episode. So I'm going to have an outburst that I know they're going to put in every episode because that made no sense here. Why, why stand up on the, on the chair? Oh, he's trying to come at me. Why doesn't he say anything about me? And it's like, he's not saying anything about you. Like, why are you so mad? And then he got, and even if you break it down to what, I think Huey was trying to say he took Nani from Gabo. So how then could you even be mad that Gabo was like, Oh, well I would just take my partner back. seems pretty straightforward, but like Huey is so annoying. I don't even, I, again, I said this two episodes ago, however long ago it was every single episode. He just has a freak out and I'm starting to think I'm being convinced now that he just does it on purpose. I think like I have it in my notes that I'm worried about his blood pressure. Like this is no way to live <laughs> True. To, be, to be getting this upset. What? Like every, every day, every other day. Yeah. It's and not like good. he gets super red in the face. Like he doesn't, 
like I'm not trying to put him down like he's in bad shape or something, but like this is not a way to to conduct your business. Like you you can't be losing your cool like this constantly. Like that just it's not sustainable. So for not his exactly. health, Huey, I hope you I hope you ease up off of doing it for the gram like this. I was hoping that he would keep going and then they would be forced to throw him in. But yeah, I kind of wondered if that was going to happen. Yeah. Who knows? His time will come. He's, he's got to be, it's got to be super soon. Right. But yeah, while we wait for his time to come, it was time for Gabo versus Logan. And this elimination mm-hmm. is very interesting. You had to climb up. Intrigued. A- yeah, you had to climb up a rope, and once you get, I don't, how, did they say how high it was? It looked no, pretty high. it looked pretty high. So once you get super high in the air, pulling yourself up the rope, you get to a platform where you can see a puzzle, a series of pieces all in order. Then you bring yourself back down, and you try to put your pieces into that order. This looked really hard. Because first pulling yourself up and then obviously doing the memory thing. But you got to try to time out. Well, how many times am I actually going to come up here? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard. And I think what stood out to me was Logan, obviously. First off, Logan was just way faster at flipping over his pieces than Gabo was. Gabo seemed to have trouble with that for some reason. And I didn't understand why. I have no idea. Um, But even with that said, you look at it and Logan gets up there first. Logan starts putting his puzzle together first. And I think what really screwed him over was he mentally in his head told himself, well, I just need to go up one more time. Mm. And then after he did that and when he got back down and got the check and they said no, he was mentally drained because he mentally already checked out that I don't need to do this anymore because at Mm -hmm. a certain point when you're exhausted, it becomes about your mind, right? It's mind over matter at that point, right? Like at a certain point, once your body's exhausted, it's about telling your brain, no, push through, push through. And I think he already got to the point where he's like, Oh, I'm done. Like I have no more. This was the last time I was going up. And it's like, no checks wrong. So they keep going back and forth. But at any point, did you think Gabba was going to win? There was a point where I thought Gabba was going to win. When Logan, like you said, was gassed out. And he says in confessional that he was too tired to go back up the rope. So he just kept like turning them around and like moving the tiles around, hoping because he knew he was close. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, man, you're going to do that and you're going to actually get further away from being what the actual puzzle is. Mm-hmm. And by that point, Gabo had like all but two of the pieces in. Like Gabo was pretty close. It got to the point where Gabo actually got it, what he thought was done and had it checked. Yeah. And Logan had like called for three checks in a row and they were all wrong. Eventually TJ says, you got to go back up, man. <laughs> And I have a question. I'm not, I've never been good at climbing ropes. Okay. And I know Logan said that he's training to be a firefighter. But he was going up just with his arms. Surely at some point, it's a little bit slower, 
but if you use your legs, doesn't that take some of the work off of your arms? Like you're so yeah. you're so gassed. Like why not why not use your feet and your legs to sort of inch your way up? And like it's more about pacing. Like I didn't understand why he was so dead set on the all arm strategy. Also, the way he was doing it, like you have to engage your core more because he had his like legs rigid. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't understand the thought process there. Do you have any insight into rope climbing? No, but I think that (laughs) I I don't, but I I think that the one thing I was wondering was the role that the other, like, cause they're attached to another rope. Right. Yeah. So I wondered how much of that was a support as opposed to, is that helping you? Like how much of an aid is that to where you don't need your legs because your legs, I feel like in that moment when you're pulling yourself up, your legs are kind of the support mm-hmm. more so than they're actually helping you pull yourself up. Does that, do you know, am I explaining that properly? Yeah. Well, I do think the rope was helping them because like when they were hanging up there, like comparing the answer key to the actual puzzle. Yeah. Like they weren't, it didn't seem like they were straining themselves. Oh, and then no. when they come down, they like, Loken just like hung there like they were for sure getting lowered down it's like you repelled down yes yeah no so. i totally agree totally agree um gabo i didn't think he had a chance but what did he try to do he tried to explain his iq and eq or something like yeah he's he, a very interesting character man i like that he said that he couldn't do it because his memory is so full of songs which makes me wonder which songs why he has them so memorized he's on a diplo way for sure (laughs) big diplo guy definitely and i just it was such an odd comment and like it's it's a different part of the brain and oh gabo like i said he really he really grew on me this episode yeah, he he was really funny. He he was really funny, and I thought he had a chance at the very end there. I don't know what his strategy was really in terms of him checking himself, then coming down and needing a check. That kind of seemed messed up. But the way that they cut it together made it seem like he's very close to winning. So, I mean, good I job, he, good effort, Gabo. I think like last week we said that. Well, I said that I didn't think Coriel and Michelle were that close to winning. Like, mm-hmm. I thought last week's was a blowout, but they added some drama when Huey dropped the key. Mm-hmm. This one seemed legitimately close. Like, it seemed like Gabo was one or two moves away. Yeah. Uh, but Logan prevailed. He picks Nani as his partner. <laughs> what did you think of that choice? I just find the whole thing funny. I was kind of bewildered as Nani was in the deliberation when she kind of says, wait, what's happening right now? Are they both fighting over me? How did we end up here? And I kind of, I kind of think of it in the same way, like, because, okay, do you pick Tori? Although Tori's a bit messy. Uh, Do you pick Ashley? Ashley's a bit messy. So, I mean, in a way, okay, maybe it is. Maybe that is the right pick. There's a lot of different people you could take, but in terms of the vets, 
you you know what the right pick is amanda amanda not because she's good because she can be pretty messy she's got a fiery mm-hmm. temper on her mm-hmm. but correct me if i'm wrong oh so there's two veteran veteran teams there's devin and amber b and you don't mm-hmm. want to be hit your wagon to amber b right now because she's in the thick of some beef yeah and there's kyle and amanda you want to partner with amanda because it potentially exposes kyle <laughs> right that's, like that's how you have to be thinking that's fair. as a rookie you need to try to the vets have been targeting rookie rookie teams when you are winning and you get to pick who your partner is you got to be trying to target veteran veteran teams to break them up no that's fair like totally. that's got to be the game totally fair um, I will also say one thing that might be an advantage is I expect Nani speaks some Spanish and Logan's English is very good, but it mm-hmm. might be helpful when they're in the heat of the moment if they can switch to Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. Like I do think sometimes communication can be an issue. Yeah. And it helps. And like Anissa had even said that earlier. She's like, like in previous episodes, she's like, I speak some Spanish. It helps. I imagine Nani does as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you said what your line of the episode was. Uh, I'm actually giving my line of the episode to TJ. Because that last... uh, TJ had a couple in this episode, actually. Because he had one earlier with Devin before they did the challenge. And uh, Devin's like... Because he said something about it's going to be really money. And Devin... Oh, maybe I should find it. Because I don't want to misquote it. Because I'm going to misquote it, and I don't want to do that. I want to get it correct, because we are about accuracy on this podcast. No, we're not. But anyways, Devin (laughs) says, I was born in the mud. And he's trying to be like all cool and tough, like, oh, I'm ready for this. I was born in the mud. And TJ says, it's true. He's a pig. (laughs) Well played. I I know I already gave it to Kyle for me, but I want to give an honorable mention. Okay. Amanda says of Gabo, you're from Hungary? You've got to be hungry for that money. Get your ass up that rope. I love a good like dad that. joke, it's, Sheldon. That's terrible. Terrible, I terrible, heard, terrible. I heard a really good dad joke today. Do you want to hear it? No, I was going to say the other, my actual line of the episode, which was from TJ to start, because they did a, a very nice tease to break. Yeah. Where he announces the two dudes are coming in. Okay, cool. And he says, Well, I never said the women are off the hook. And then it goes to commercial break. And he comes back. They're like, Repeat it. You know, I never said the women are off the hook. I mean, they are. I just never <laughs> said it. Don't ever assume. And I was like, TJ, that's why you're the man. Because I'm waiting for him to, to, to do the trick. I'm waiting for him to trick them and be like, Ha ha. You guys now on the spot have to vote in another woman to go in. Um, there's one other thing we have to talk about. And that is, so we talked about Logan and Nani being partners. Mm-hmm. But Huey and Emmy are now partners. Oh yeah. And I'm going to throw this out there. If I were a vet and I was in this house... And presumably, and let's say I win the next daily competition. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving Huey and Emmy alone. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I want Huey and Emmy around as partners 
for as long as possible because they are going to hate each other. They're going to get nothing done. They're going to blow up their own spots. They are going to be do literally everything wrong and you definitely want to see them in a final. Like that is the ultimate layup team. I would just just let them cook. Just let them do Huey and Emmy things. He freaks out before every competition. She freaks out after every competition. Just have at guys. I'm going to go after Fessy or CT. <laughs> like that that's my move. Like this is where you shoot your shot. You leave those rookies alone. What do you think? Totally agree. I mean, just what's the point? Take care of them. And then on that point, you don't have to be partnered with the other one that ends up staying. Yeah, true. You you don't even run that risk of somewhere down the line being partnered with them. Um, yeah, and there's also the chance that they could win the elimination. Yeah. And then switch also partners true. and pick you. Also true. Um, I have to ask you, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? I'm going to keep it simple, and, and I'm going to say it's CT. Because oh. I think he just put in a very solid performance. Um, he won that challenge fairly easily in the way that CT does. <laughs> and, yeah, I, give him, I just give him mad props for that. Because I think that CT is – I was waiting for him to do something, anything in this season, and – like just because he's been in the background, he's had some solid performances. He's had some funny confessionals, but I felt like this was finally his reminder that, Hey, I'm the champ and I'm here and y'all need to start taking me seriously. So yeah, CT, you killed it for me. I'm going with Logan, which okay. again, uh, on, on the note of keeping it simple, I think, I mean, he called his shot and it worked. Yeah. Totally. That's that is a big deal. And Huge he's props. in a much better position than he was. Um not that being Anissa was bad, but that she's injured, <laughs> which is bad. Mm-hmm. And he and uh Big T are getting along. Right? So he's winning in the challenge. He's winning at life. What more can you want? And I don't want to say he's out of the woods yet because, you know, I think they're going to continue to target rookies. Mm -hmm. But now he can at least say, hey, I've already been in once. Like, you shouldn't, I don't need to go in. And and he's maintained good relations with Devin and Josh and CT and Kyle, even though I don't think he quite sees what they did to him. Well, Josh didn't, but it's... It was all around a pretty good episode for him. I also thought he came off as very nice and classy and respectful when Anissa got hurt. Like he looked genuinely concerned. Yeah. He looked pretty, pretty upset when you she could was see he, he's a really genuine dude. You could see that. Yeah. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander, Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. And of course, like subscribe to the YouTube page as well, which is under Sean Appar- Alexander. Apparently watching us on YouTube is the move. Apparently that's the best way to consume this product. <laughs> Something you like can, that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chidley Hill. Apparently it's worth checking out photos of me. <laughs> Until next week, this was You Killed It.
you killed it <laughs>